With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. And now, the owner and host of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, Adam Fonseca. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast. I am your host every single week, Adam from GolfUnfiltered.com. You can follow us on social media at Golf Unfiltered. Send us an email, GolfUnfiltered at gmail.com. couple quick shout-outs to our friends who help make the Golf Unfiltered Podcast possible. First and foremost, our friends at TheHackersParadise.com. Hello to all of you if you're listening to the THP mobile app. Hello to our friends over at Cleveland and Srixon Golf. Huge weekend. Recording this on the 19th of February. Past weekend, three winners. Three winners, all using Cleveland's Rixon equipment. Great stuff. And, of course, our friends over at BudgetGolf.com. Check out the deals. Check out the sales. Check out all the 2019 equipment from all the major brands over at BudgetGolf.com. If you like what we do here at Golf Unfiltered, be sure to visit us on iTunes. You probably had to already. If you subscribe to us, but go ahead and leave us a star rating as well as a, uh, a review. Write a few words. Let us know how we're doing, if you like what we're doing, or even if you don't like, if there's something that you think we can improve, leave that feedback as well. It's all equally important. Today on episode 193, we stay in the Chicagoland area. We welcome Mr. Jason Highland of Sub70 Golf. They are an upstart golf equipment company. They also have a podcast that you should certainly check out, available on iTunes. I mentioned that a little bit in our the opening of our conversation here in a second. Jason and I talk a lot about the full line of clubs that Sub70 Golf is offering at incredible prices. And we're talking direct-to-consumer pricing. And you have to go out to their website. It, it's incredible. We mentioned the website a couple times here in our conversation. The The products themselves, you've probably not heard of, but I had the opportunity to go out to their headquarters very recently. And they got a good thing going, folks. I mean, it's located in Sycamore, Illinois. It's a, it's a town that more often than not, you've probably not heard of just outside of DeKalb, which is the home of Northern Illinois University, if that gives you any frame of reference. I'd say it's about, oh, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes west of Chicago, probably a little bit longer depending on traffic. They've got a full line of clubs from driver all the way down to putter, and they've got various versions of each club for you to try. I had the opportunity to review two of the clubs, actually three, but I can only talk about two right now. Uh, two irons, the 639 CBs and the 699. The review's up on golfandfilter.com. Be sure to check that out in the club test that I did. And I got to say, as I said in that review, these are some pretty solid pieces of equipment here. And so 
It's not to insinuate, and I will never do this. I'm not going to tell you what to purchase. What I will do, though, is I will tell you, well, to get custom fit, that's always number one. But number two is to broaden your horizons. Keep an open mind when it comes to your golf equipment, because I think it's really important, and Jason and I talk a lot about this today in our conversation, it's really important to focus on what matters most when purchasing equipment. In my opinion, that should be how the club performs. I bet you'd probably agree with that. And from what I've found, sub-70 stuff performs pretty damn good. So, without further ado, I want you to sit back, relax, take a deep breath. (laughs) I don't know why, (laughs) but just take a deep breath. And get ready for this conversation. We go deep, man. We go. This is a nice, uh, decent uh, length conversation here with Mr. Jason Highland of Sub-70 Golf. Hi, this is Bill Hobson from the 4Golfers Network podcast. And as you and I enjoy this episode of Golf Unfiltered with my friend Adam, I'm reminded of an indisputable reality. We, as golfers, are nuts. We chase a small ball around the planet, spending thousands of dollars in the effort to get that ball into a tiny hole. We then yell at the ball and curse it when it doesn't listen, even though it can't listen, it's a ball. This insanity is all part of the magic of the game, and it's what we celebrate on the 4Golfers Network podcast every Monday when a fresh episode comes your way on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart, you know, all the places. So after you finish listening to Adam today, I'd love to have you check out the 4Golfers Network podcast, that's F-O-R-E, where we celebrate the game with top-name guests and an exploration of the things about golf that both drive us crazy and bring us back for more. I stink! The ball is just sitting there, and I can't hit it! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. As I mentioned at the top of the show, super excited to welcome Mr. Jason Highland of Sub-70 Golf, a local guy to the show. It's not too often, Jason, that we have folks uh, on the show from the Chicagoland area. How are you tonight? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it, Adam. Now, you and I are going to talk a lot about the equipment side of sub 70 golf, but you're a podcaster as well. You've got your own podcast downloadable on iTunes and everywhere that podcast can be found. The sub 70 golf podcast, you know, what are your thoughts on just the podcast market? I mean, that's something that a lot of companies that actually manufacture clubs that they're not getting in to that space. How do you like it so far? I think it's, I've, I mean, I've really enjoyed it of, you know, meeting some of the, the people in the industry and a lot of the PGA tour players, um, that we've had, I think we've done about 53 or 54 episodes, something like that over about the last, uh, year and a quarter. And it's a labor of love, like just to be able to talk to the people we get to talk to. I feel really fortunate, made some friends from it. And, uh, it was just one of those things where we were doing email interviews, uh, before. And then when we launched sub 70 golf, we just thought it'd be an interesting sort of sidebar to go with the company, to be able to, to have people that we think are or at least I think are interesting to talk to mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of, you know, bring another element of uh, making it a little bit different to, to bring to, to sub 70 on top of having the clubs and stuff is also hopefully having, you know, conversations that are interesting and people seem to like them. So it's been, it's been really enjoyable. It's a great show. And I've listened to, I think I've caught up to everything now. <laughs> I just kind of had to go a deep dive back to the, to the catalog of the sub 70 podcast. And so listeners be sure to check, that out on iTunes, as I mentioned. And Jason, you know, obviously 
you know, you and I are going to talk a little bit or a lot about the equipment that Sub-70 offers these days and a little bit about the model that you're following to get these clubs into the hands of consumers. But what I find most interesting, first of all, you're located in a smaller town in Illinois. I had the opportunity to go and visit your HQ not too long ago, so thanks again for the invite to come out. But Sub-70 has a full line of clubs that are available. We're talking all the way from putter to driver. That's a pretty bold move to get into the equipment space by offering an entire line of clubs. What was the decision process behind that? You know, I, I don't think we really kind of had a master plan. We just we just started, you know, with, all right, we, we knew we wanted to do irons and wedges. And then we had some pretty good ideas, you know, of, well, we think this could work well. And we had, we had help from engineers overseas that we work with of let's do, you know, a hybrid. Well, that same technology that can go into a hybrid works very well in a fairway wood. They're kind of vice versa. So we kind of went down that pathway and we got one to, you know, to really work. Um, you know, the putters, you know, I thought it was, I really wanted to make a putter out of doing one you know, milled ingot, or you start off with one block mm. and it's all CNC milled. I think they're the most beautiful things to look at. I also think they have the best feel. Just personally, there's something about where there's no imperfections in that metal. And um, we just, you know, we, we kind of came up with just three designs, you know, the, a mid mallet, a blade, and a full mallet. So we're not, we don't have 25 or 30 models at this point, but we kind of came out with three distinctive designs that you know, kind of hits the broad range of the market. So that came to fruition fairly easily as I had some ideas of what we wanted to do, especially with the full mallet of weight distribution. And, you know, it, it seemed to work well. They were putting well. Prototyping was good. People hitting them or putting with them liked them. So that actually, um, it, it all kind of just came together as we got through one. It's like, well, let's do this and let's do that. Mm -hmm. And the last one we worked on was the driver, which actually was the most difficult. Um, to, to get it exactly where we want it, but the numbers are good. I think it's going to test well when it kind of gets out there. So I would like to tell you there was a master plan, but we just sort of, it took three years to put it together. So while we were working on other projects, we said, well, let's just see what we can do with this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think we got it to a level where we were comfortable in the performance that we knew if we got out there, we thought it would compete against, you know, anybody's stuff out there. So we said, let's just do the whole line. I tell you, there's a master plan or really thought it through, but we just kind of kept plugging at it. Next thing we knew, we had a full line of clubs. It's an extremely attractive line of clubs, too. I mean, obviously, I had the chance to take an up-and-close and personal look, and readers to Golf and Filter can go and visit uh, the site to see a review of two of the irons that we'll get to here in a second. When you talk about CNC milling, I also notice, of course, that the wedges follow a, a similar design, and so I think that approach certainly puts sub 70 from a design perspective in the same category as many of the bigger names, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, we wanted to make the, the products very functional in the sense that they have to, they have to work, they have to perform like the wedge. We tried to, you know, put a little bit more of a rounded sole. So it's kind of a very universal design, uh, especially for the first ones. We'll probably do some different grinds as we keep growing and expanding, but the first one we wanted to work for most people you know, and then once you get the functionality of it down, I thought it was really important to make it look, if like a bit like a piece of art or pretty with the milling and the stuff you can do with it now mm -hmm. to kind of get that industrial clean 
I kind of like a clean classic look, but with a modern twist to it. Mm-hmm. So then it's just a matter of once you get the functionality, then how do we make it look, you know, to my eye or to people who saw it really high end, you know, high quality. And, and, and when you see it in the bag, we want it to really look good. Um, but, but not over the top with graphics, more understated sort of elegance. And that's done extremely well. And like you and I talked about when I came out for a visit, you know, the minimalist look of brands like Sub70, you know, is not to imply that there's not a lot of good performing tech behind each of the clubs. I mean, you said it yourself, you wanted to have a certain image of the products that you're putting out there. And I think you've done just a fantastic job with the look and and ultimately the feel, which again, we'll talk about in a second. The question for you, Jason, is, you know, a lot of folks don't know about the name of Sub-70. And so first and foremost, you know, what went behind the name of Sub-70? Is that a uh, just as simple as under par for a specific course that may have been a par 70? Or, or what's behind the name? Yeah, so we actually have licensed the name from guys in the, the guys in Europe who it, it, they had a real little niche over here for um, clothing. It was, it was like a high-end clothing company, and they kind of had a presence in the States maybe about eight or nine years ago. And I, I thought the logo was really, really cool in the sense that it was just simple and to the point where it's just sub-70, and, you know, it's such a term that's used in golf. Mm-hmm. And I thought those guys had a great logo. And um, I, I knew those guys, got to know those guys who, who had that company. And we and they were just kind of still in Europe at this point, And they weren't really expanding out to the States. So we came up with an agreement to, to license that logo for the hard goods side. And I think they trusted me enough to know that, you know, hopefully people like the equipment and, and we knew we were going to, you know, we were going to, do the name proud. So those guys are still doing their thing in Europe on the clothing side. And then we're using that name on the hard goods side. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of, um, I just, I loved the look and the simplicity of the name and that logo kind of fit for the look of the clubs I wanted. So it kind of, that was the starting point And how do we make our clubs sort of fit with that minimalistic, you know, understated, elegant sort of look to it. And I thought the name sort of encapsulated that quite well. So, and I don't, you know, if you're trying to find, you know, most of the great names for the most part are, are, it's hard to find a great name and logo. Yeah. And after all the research we did, we just kind of kept coming back to God, that would look good on a club. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we got a deal worked down and, you know, and then we decided to run with it. Trust me, I, I know how you feel about trying to find a logo and a name that fits. It's uh, We've been through a few iterations even on our end. Yeah, it's really difficult, right? And then the feedback we were getting, too, that, you know, they, were, they are making very high-end clothing in Europe. So, you know, it's not something that's, you know, our line or their line. We're not going to hurt each other's, you know, identity of what they're doing in Europe and then kind of what we're doing here in the States for sure. the hard goods side. So. You know, they were they were a pleasure to work with, and I think, you know, both sides kind of complement each other, what they're doing for the clothing and what we're doing on the hard goods. So let's talk a little bit about the clubs. And as I mentioned, I had the opportunity to not only visit HQ, but also to try pretty much the entire line of what you guys have to offer. And I actually had a more intimate look at two iron models, the 639 CBs as well as the 699s. And, folks, you can go out to uh, their website, golfsub70.com, to see the clubs I'm talking about. And, Jason, what I found to be so interesting was just how well 
these clubs performed in comparison to what I currently game. And, you know, uh, obviously the review that I uh, posted was from that angle. Not to say that I am telling someone what clubs they should purchase. That's never my intent, and certainly that's not what you wanted me to do. But rather to show, you know what, these clubs, you know, sub-70, they've got a lot of lot of good stuff going on here. You know, you had mentioned before, even when we visited, that there's a lot of voice-to-customer feedback that goes into what the ultimate final product uh, is. And was that an intent just right from the start to really do a ton of voice-to-customer testing before you put anything up on the site? Or was that something that you kind of evolved into as because you know, time went on, this was not something that you put out year one. It took you a few years to get some products out there. Yeah. I mean, once again, it was, you know, I've been in the golf business since 1995 on, you know, on Diamond Tour Golf, which is a golf component company. We've also consulted on some manufacturing for other larger companies. So I've been around the manufacturing side of it for a long time. So I have an idea of, of kind of in the basics of like, Okay, what would we want? For example, when we did the 639 CB. We're sort of thinking, what kind of golfer is this for? You know, it's okay. And then you start, oh, it's like a, it's like a puzzle that you're working backwards. Like, you know what the, you can see in your head what you want the club to do. How do you then design that backwards to get that result and then still have it aesthetically pleasing? Hmm. So there was not an exact model of how to do it. We would start with a design concept, get in samples, test the numbers. And then how do the numbers look, you know, and okay, you know, this one, this sample was good. This one wasn't, this one felt better. This one was, and you start narrowing it down. And then once you get a product or a, or a a sample that like, I really like this direction. And then by the way, I think we can make this look really cool too. Like with that minimalistic, you know, understate elegant to keep saying that, but that's kind of how we wanted the brain to look. And okay, aesthetically, this can do this as well. And then you start giving it to people. And there was a lot of my buddies at Kishwaukee Country Club that we just would, you know, started letting people hit it and getting feedback and their reaction to it. And then we'd narrow it down more. And at the end of it, you put the last piece in for that puzzle. So I had kind of a general idea of, you know, how I wanted that iron to play. And then with the help of my, my, my friend, I mean, these people literally are friends over at the foundries I've worked with for all these years. I couldn't have not done it without them. And without their ideas and thoughts and materials and putting our minds together, it was really done as a group uh, to get it to where we would say, okay, the public can now order this or play it. So, you know, it's not an exact science. There's not one way we were doing it. You're just sort of, you know, you paint this picture and then at the end, the picture is done, but I couldn't tell you like the next, you know, forged iron. I, I got an idea of something I want to do mm-hmm. um, for this. I don't know how long it's going to take. I, I, I just, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of art and it's a bit of function and it's a bit of engineering all in one. And, and you just kind of got to go down that road until you either abandon it because you can't get it to where you want it or you're happy with it at the end. So it's a, it's an interesting process to get it there and it, it does take time. It does take testing. It does take numbers and it also still takes humans looking at it and humans playing it and humans giving you feedback of, I like it or I don't like it. 
that's really a key component that that human element that you have incorporated so well into your final design and and you know personally speaking and i've told you this before i think your 639 is going to be probably the most popular club i know that's what i would play and that's because it's so similar to what i'm used to playing and because i get similar numbers from that iron compared to what i need on the course and it's just it's an amazing feeling to know hey you know what here's another brand that obviously makes some really high performing equipment and when we talk a little bit more about the factory pricing um, and the direct to consumer model here in just a couple minutes you know it's it causes you to it causes you pause to take a step back and say wow you know i i need to consider this brand yeah i mean you know i certainly appreciate it and the feedback has been it's been really good like the, the, the customers you know we've been you know, maybe about two months been up and fully going now that it, it, it seems because it is different. It's factory direct, you know, it's, it's a new company. So people are going to have to kind of have faith in what we're doing, but I would say, you know, really the, I, I'm getting less pushback than I honestly thought I would. I mean, the customers I talk to, the people who, you know, interact with it and it's happening every day. Now they seem to really understand and embrace what we're doing. And even though it's different, it seems like, you know, other industries, this has kind of happened and it almost just seems like golf is sort of, it's, you know, my timing um, might be pretty good with this, that in the sense that it's almost ready, like from a, from a consumer standpoint to say, I'm, I'm okay with trying something potentially different mm-hmm. and, and, and being okay with saying, Oh yeah, I understand what these guys are doing. It's not a cheap club or, you know, why is it cheaper? They really seem to understand it's less expensive because we're eliminating, you know, one of those steps. And the, the, I'm, I'm grateful and, and, and really happy that the feedback of people who have tested the equipment have, have given us really good reviews so far and have said nice things about the product, which then hopefully goes hand in hand where a customer is willing to try a new brand that might be a little bit different you know, from what they read on social media, that, that hopefully they know we're trying to do our very best and, and make the best possible products we can. One of the things that I find really interesting about your process is the fact that you do get to work with many partners to make the best end product. And, you know, a question for you, Jason, you know, having been at your front door and seeing that, you know, you, you guys have a relatively smaller building, for a club builder, at least small than I would have uh, thought. <laughs> That's not a criticism, but it's it's just, you know, it's a reality. And you're not forging or casting the irons in-house, but in, instead you're working with partners. When a mm-hmm. consumer wants a specific custom fit, I'll use myself as an example. I'm a degree flat with my lie angle. You know, that's a relatively easy customization, but there are, are other golfers who need more detailed customizations. Mm-hmm. How how does that process work with Sub-70? I understand that you've got a, a master club builder, for example, on your staff. Yeah, so are you asking how do we build the clubs to each customer's specification or how do, this, how do the customers give us the information that they need for us to build it to their specification? I think a little bit of both, actually. And so if we were to take it from that, you know, I'm a consumer – I need a specific amount of customization for my club. What is the best way to get that information to you? And then what do you do with that information? 
Yeah. So a lot of the people, you know, that we've dealt with so far, and it's probably because they're sort of first adapters, really know their equipment. So, you know, they know what line angle they need for a five iron. They know they need a modus, you know, 120 stiff and, mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. So, you know, we've been getting a lot of people who have a pretty good idea so far of what's going on. We do have a static fitting on the website, meaning it's it's static, so it measures your wrist to floor, how fast you swing, and that can give you a pretty good idea. The other thing we're encouraging people to do if they're if they really don't have a full grasp of exactly what they need is to go get fit, you know, locally. And we also have a demo program where they can take the clubs and, and for twenty dollars try the heads to make sure they're comfortable with it. Hmm. But if we can get uh, a, a fitting where we get the club head speed, someone can measure their lie angle. Someone can get a, uh, give us the size of a grip that they need, and the customer finds a style that they're comfortable with. You can start to put that puzzle together, and then you find a club head, let's say it's you know an iron, that fits what that customer is trying to do. So then the puzzle can start you know coming together, but we always tell people, you can't give us too much information. Mm. And if somebody really, because we're doing this over the internet, if somebody or phone or contacting us, if they're not near us, we always, you know, always tell people, you can't give us too much info. Go get fit. You'll still save money in the long run because of our factory direct model, but you can't give us too much info. Let's see what that, you know, that club fitter has to say. And then we can interpret that information to put the pieces of the puzzle together to try to get the best fit for you. And that's also why we have to have a 60-day money-back guarantee mm-hmm. and in case, you know, it doesn't fit that customer and it's not what they were expecting. We don't want anybody to keep that set of irons or a wedge or a driver. We need to make sure that we have enough confidence in our equipment and what we're doing that somebody can just send it back and they get a full refund. If there's no game with it, there's no minus 10%, it's you get a full refund. So. You know, if every person could come to Sycamore, Illinois and get fit, it would be really easy. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, that's not going to happen. So we try to come up with as many tools as we can to get as much information to fit that client as we possibly can. We, You know, as far as when we get the information, nothing is pre-built at our shop. So it's all in parts or components. So sure. we can then take those heads or shafts and grips. Jeff Bushnell, who's our master club builder, is a former golf professional. Um, it's been custom fitting and building golf clubs for over 20 years. He'll then take those clubs and assemble them to the specification that the customer wants. So literally everything is hand-built, handmade to each specific customer, a specific customer, one set at a time. So um, we're not doing anything in a mass-produced way. It adds a certain level of personal touch, I, I feel, because you do it that way. And, and that's something that I think a lot of consumers are going to really appreciate. And what they're also going to certainly appreciate to kind of, you know, segue into the model that you use, you know, are the pricing and the prices for, for everything that you offer. And just as an example, you know, the, again, the 639s, uh, can you tell I'm partial to the 639s? I think you <laughs> like the 639. Maybe a little bit. CB, yeah. yeah. Um, what's interesting is comparable irons, would easily retail for over a thousand dollars easily the 639s are in some cases more than half that price and that speaks Mm -hmm. a little bit to the direct-to-consumer model 
Obviously, you touched on a few reasons why you went to that model. There are benefits to that as well. But we're not talking about just cheap materials that you're working with here. You work with all the biggest name brand shafts, grips, everything. Basically, when you and I talked for the test, you said, what do you typically hit? What are the, you know, the shaft, everything? And you built that for me. And you're still able to charge these prices. It just blows my mind. And it makes me think, wow you guys are going to just make a ton of noise in the market this, this year. Yeah. I mean, I still think it's going to be boutique-ish at first and niche, which is, which is absolutely fine. And we, you know, we don't want to grow too fast where we can't stay with the quality and, you know, build the clubs and have the relationship with the customer. You know, that's really important to us. So I hope it's nice, steady growth, but, but, you know, I hope, and I think that the model is the golf market is ready for a different model and it might not be for everybody. And that's absolutely okay because, you know, in my opinion, you know, golf clubs have never been better. Every man, major manufacturer does a wonderful job with their golf clubs. It's just our model is a little bit different. So, you know, yes, I want everybody to, to like the brand and, and want to be involved with the brand and, and that would be great, but we also don't want it to get so big where, it becomes vanilla and I don't know the customers and mm-hmm. you know, we're not hand building. We will never not hand build everything in Sycamore one set at a time. Now, if we have to expand out to do that, that would be great, but we'll never get away from our core principles of, of how we do this. So I hope, yeah, I hope we can make a splash, you know, but we also need to do it in a, in a controlled way that we make sure that the quality and the experience stays how it is when we started and the idea behind it. And the idea behind it is obviously garnering a lot of attention these days. And I have to imagine, you know, not to get too deep into the details, of course, Jason, but I mean, you're catching fire with just the amount of social media coverage you're getting, you're you're appearing on other podcasts, you have your own podcast talking about the brand. You know, what is the expected turnaround, I guess, for a set of clubs to reach the consumer? I mean, you, you turn that around pretty fast from what I understand. Yeah, 48 hours. If it, two business days That's is incredible. the most we want <laughs> that we want the set to be. So you place an order on Monday, like this week orders on Monday, we're out on Tuesday, wow. but we're trying to keep it at at least 48 hours, no further. Cause all the, all the parts are in our facility. So, you know, once the order gets placed, you know, we, it's, it's back in manufacturing immediately. So then it's just a haul, you know, however long the ship time is, but we're trying to turn it around within two days at the most. That's incredible. Just um, and there's not many places. I don't think I can think of a single competitor that can meet that. You know, that's not first of all working with quali- high quality materials, having that personal touch that you talked about, everything being handmade. I mean, and the fact that you charge the incredibly affordable prices that you do. I, I think it's a model that, as other companies, again, not to be critical of anyone, but as other companies move in a different direction. The window, I've made this argument before, for companies like Sub70 and others that want to try this direct-to-consumer model, that window is just expanding greatly, and it's just going to continue. Yeah, I mean, I've I've personally, you know, other brands and, you know, from combatant gentlemen for clothing and suits, and, you know, we just sort of saw or I saw these other industries being kind of flipped upside down. And I became a fan of those brands and 
you know, it kind of changed my buying habits, but I wasn't seeing it in golf. And like, I always wanted to do, you know, a high end boutique sort of brand. And then when we launched this, it was, it just became apparent even three years ago that this is the route we were going to go down. And, but you know, I, I didn't know how it was going to be received three years ago. I didn't know would people grasp or understand because the tricky part could be right. Oh, the clubs have to be cheaper. Mm-hmm. And that's a, it's a tricky thing to say. Right. And you know, I, our tagline was expectations redefined and it sort of just fit with what we're trying to do that it, it's not any sense cheaper or less expensive because of any of the quality of the materials used in the heads or the shafts or how it's custom made. It's just by having uh, the direct model, you know, you're, you're taking away somebody marketing it up, you know, 35 to 50% that, that, that next step or the distributor is not in our model. And then the other thing that we just decided from day one and, and I'm not saying this would never change, but we're, we were not going to come out of the gate and pay tour players to play our clubs. Hmm. Because if I did that, we have to, I mean, that gets factored into the price of a golf club. Sure. So we wanted the clubs just to speak for themselves. We'll be working with some, which I actually personally think is like really fun. And I think it's cool that some of the high-end amateur players uh, around Illinois, Josh Anderson, Grant Goltz, guys like that, um, hmm. We'll be working with them sort of for them to be our brand ambassadors, <clears throat> excuse me, brand ambassadors. Um, but, you know, we, we don't have to pay those guys. We can we can just work with them on fitting them some clubs that they're really comfortable with and let them kind of go out and hopefully play some really good high-end amateur golf and, and see, you know, what that kind of does for the brand because the reality is if I have to pay someone $250,000 a year to, play, you know, to, to play our clubs or just, you know, play our irons or our wedges, probably what it was going to cost, you know, that has to get factored into the price of the golf clubs. And I figured, you know, I just want to do it where we, we do it at the best possible price with the highest quality and let the clubs speak for themselves versus the traditional way in which it was done. You know, the products speaking for themselves might be the answer to this question for you, Jason. But even after hearing all of these great things about sub 70, there's going to still be a few listeners hearing this that are on the fence and they're going to have that mentality of, well, you know what? They're not on tour and I don't know enough about the company. And so I'm not going to trust them. What would you say to a listener who's hearing this now and is unsure about whether or not to try sub 70? Well, first off, my heart and soul is into this project. And the last thing I would ever, ever want is someone to buy us anything from us, from our golf gloves to a golf towel to a set of forged wedges to not be a hundred percent happy with it. I would rather try to solve the situation. And if we can't make you happy, I, I don't even want to make the sale. I don't, I don't ever want someone to keep something that they're not a hundred percent satisfied with. Hmm. It, it's just not at the core of what we're doing. So, you know, we, you, you can call me, you can call our company. We're here to support, you know, your golf game for you to, to play your absolute best with them. And, you know, and that's, I mean, I'm not trying to use this as like a used car salesman, but we had to put the 60 day money back guarantee mm-hmm. because it, you know, I think it, it hopefully builds in that even if we're new and, you know, they've heard good things, but they still have 
you know, potential questions, how he's going to work for me. We want to make it where they have a hundred percent out if they're not satisfied with it. Mm -hmm. And I don't want anyone to keep the stuff if they're not a hundred percent satisfied. I rather 100% give them their money back and say, thank you for thinking of us. I'm sorry. We didn't hit your expectations. You know, give me feedback so I can do better next time. You know, what can I learn from this? Because it would drive me insane personally if somebody had one of our products and they weren't satisfied with it. Mm. It, it. It would just irritate the tar out of me. So my heart, my soul, this is, you know, a labor of love for us to do. Um, and, I, and I think people realize that or hopefully they realize that, that it is so important to us that you that you like the clubs, you play good with the clubs, you play well with the clubs, that, you know, we don't want anyone to keep something that they're not happy with. That's a lot of great stuff there, folks, from a company that, as you heard it from Jason, you know, heart and soul going into this project, you're not going to get that from a lot of other brands, certainly not from the larger ones who have a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand other customers right behind you, ready to make that make that purchase if you're not happy. And, and quite frankly, Jason, I think what you guys got going on over at Sub Seventy is incredibly impressive. And I certainly wish you nothing but the best moving forward. Yeah, and like I said, hopefully the people out there reviewing our stuff and we try to be really open on sending stuff to people who want to review it can also sort of be, you know, our, you know, critic if it needs to be there. And also when the stuff is good, to say, yes, the stuff really performs. So we're trying to also just be extremely open and, and you know, not you know, when we sent the stuff to you, not give you rules of, well, you have to test it in this condition or mm-hmm. X, Y, or Z. We're trying to say, like, here we are, and in, in how do you want it? And we'll send it to you and give us your honest feedback. So I, I hope that people realize we're trying to do it from 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 that side of things and, and, you know, trying to do it the right way. Transparency and collaboration goes a long way. And you and I had that conversation when I came out there. So that's, that's extremely exciting. Uh, folks, once again, we're speaking with Jason Hyland of Sub70 Golf. Jason, last thing for you before I get you out of here, and thanks again for being so generous with your time. You know, with what you can share at this time, don't want to give any secrets away, but what can fans of Sub-70 and the new fans, hopefully, after listening to this podcast, what can we expect in terms of new products for Sub-70 coming up? So the definitely some more wedge grinds as we progress. So the same, well, always we'll do forged, but I can definitely see us working on some different, different sole designs but on the same basic kind of concept of, of what we're doing with the sub 70 wedge. So I think that can be broadened um, for sure. A few more putters uh, irons. The only thing I'm working on right now is an iron forged iron sort of in between. We have an MB blade coming out. So it'll be a, a 639 MB blade and we'll be able to do combo sets with the 639 CB that you liked. And mm-hmm. it'll be a la carte. So you can start your combo set where you want it. But the new one, I've, I've got some prototypes we're working with here, and I'll start the summer. It's sort of in between that MB and the CB. So it's it's not as bladey as the, the MB blade, but it's not going to be quite as game improvement with a forged as the CB or, or kind of a tweener club, as I call it. So from that standpoint, that's the iron that uh, has kind of got my attention right now that I think there's a niche we could fill. And we'll probably be working on an 839 driver, which will be a second driver for 2020. 
that'll be a little bit higher MOI, mm-hmm. um, a little bit more of a game improvement driver. Our current 83090D, I kind of call the tweener driver. It definitely has a traditional shape, but aerodynamic, workable. But we definitely will probably be working on one that's going to be for a little higher handicap, a little bit more user-friendly, but the same kind of principle of the design. The face is working really well for us. Really good you know, spin rates, distance, smash factors. So kind of that's the, uh, that's the stuff that's on my plate coming up. It's all exciting things, too. And, folks, once again, the website to follow the action as new products hit the website is golfsub70.com. Jason, it was great speaking with you again. Hopefully we can do this again in the near future. Yeah, anytime. I really appreciate uh, you know having me on the podcast and uh, yeah, look forward to doing it again. 